0: What used to be an annoyance can now be downright deadly. I'm your host, Darla Montgomery, and today the words road rage could not be more apt or scary. But what's really going on when a driver finally snaps on the road, and how do you make sure that driver isn't you? We've got two experts to talk about it, now on 10 Talks Acadiana.
1: 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by klfy.com. Temperatures are rising and the deals are hot at Sterling Buick GMC in Opelousas. Take 5000 off the MSRP on a new 2021 Buick Encore GX. View all the great deals and start your shopping online at sterlingbuickgmc.com. Offer expires June 30th, 2021.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for 10 Talks, Caliph uh, Y News 10s. Podcast. I am Darla Montgomery, your host, and I'm joined today by two very special guests. It's Associate Professor of Clinical Psychology at UL Lafayette, Mike McDermott, as well as a face you may recognize, the Trooper Thomas Gosson of a Troop I-State Police. He is the Public Information Officer. We're talking about a topic that, for me, has um, just become such a concern, gentlemen, that I'm afraid... Every time I get behind the wheel, it's on my mind, and I know that we've shared this with our viewers, and they say the same thing. We're talking about road rage, and the thing about it is, to me, it seems it has become, uh, first of all, it's happening more, and it's become even more deadly. We know this has a lot to do with something very basic, and it is just respect for one another and our behavior so let's talk about um some of the incidents just recent and and if you gentlemen don't mind i'll begin with a personal Mm -hmm. experience where a young woman i was coming uh from florida um, near alabama and uh, a guy cut her off she was so angry she went in a in a a no no passing lane on the shoulder where there really wasn't much of that and came into our lane nearly swiping our vehicle Mm -hmm. she was so angry she thought that we were the folks who um violated her and she came around our car on the other side and then tried to run us off the road Mm -hmm. from that point on she pointed a gun directly at me all i saw was the barrel so that Mm -hmm. tunnel vision thing is true Mm -hmm. this is just one incident of road rage what is happening on our roadways trooper what have you seen when we talk about these cases of road rage from the minor to the major
2: right we do see this happening um, many times we'll have, you know, uh, other agencies that get involved with this, obviously when there's cases with guns involved. Uh, a lot of times the sheriff's office gets involved with something like that as well. So it's not just state police, it's it's every law enforcement agency here. It doesn't even have to be on the highway, it could be in the city streets as well. You go to YouTube, you can pull up a lot of those videos of people in a parking lot, in, of in a a parking lot <laughs> or, or just at an intersection period on the roadway. So you, you do see it often. Does it happen more often? I don't know. I think I think we're just so used to having the frequency or the ease of of information at our fingertips, we're seeing it a lot more often because it's easily accessible than it has been in the past. Um, that's a, that's a big factor right there. Did the pandemic have something to do with it? You know, that might might be something to do with just the cooped up feeling, the feeling of not in control, and people now want to go, you know, regain some of that by some of their behavior. I don't know, but um, it's definitely a problem, and it's definitely something that, if you do, the the girl, for your instance, for your case, you know that that's that's a, that's an aggravated assault with a firearm, so which is a felony, which ca- carries some pretty stiff penalties here. Should that happen, so people need to understand that it's not a game. It's not you know it's not the same as sticking the finger at someone. You pull a firearm out, you're looking at serious felony
0: absolutely and i think that that's what a lot of folks don't realize but how does it even get to that point point? and i know we're going to talk to you real shortly about folks behavior but on the roadway mm-hmm. um, what can a driver do a motorist do when you find yourself in a situation like that let's start from even before that happens just being common courtesy and controlling your temper
2: i think aggressive driving aggressive behavior being not courteous to the other drivers, things like that, while in your situation, it was a mistaken identity. I think just in general, having just mutual respect or a courtesy, a courtesy, a common courtesy to other drivers will go a long way. I think when we have that aggressive driving behavior on the roadway, we tend to attract that attention, maybe from another aggressive driver, and it's not necessarily always the positive attention. So as hard as it sounds, it's, it's a matter of, of, you might've done wrong, you might've still been in the right, it's a matter of just you know eating crow, if you want to say, and just backing off and just you know turn the other cheek and let it let it go, let him be. It's really not worth the trouble and the and the danger that you're potentially putting yourself in to do what? It's not a contest you're going to win, you know.
0: And there are people who are afraid, even, let's say you do try to ignore, you, you wanna just go on with your, your drive and get to your destination mm-hmm. safely, and, but there are very aggressive people mm-hmm. who will take it to that next level. There, You can call for help, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, look, I, I encourage people to always call. Don't be afraid to call 911. You know, we, we all pay taxes and that's what our tax dollars are for. To the, the We're out there to protect the public and, and to serve the public. That's what 911 is there for. Now I'll do I will say this there's many times we get calls about aggressive drivers or road rage incidents but there's no identifying markers for the vehicle to get right it might just be a black Dodge pickup truck mm. well there's a lot of black Dodge pickup trucks out there <laughs> right. so uh, uh, by all means a license plate certainly identifying that um, a sticker on the back glass uh, mm. some identifiers of this vehicle would certainly go a long way as far as for helping if we have to try to locate that vehicle.
0: And so you know, in our case, we did get the young lady's license plate number and we did call 911. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that was information that we were able to share with mm-hmm. them. So I don't know the end of that story. Right. I am certainly just glad that we all went home safely right. that night. So let's talk about uh, the behaviors uh, of, of aggressive drivers, um, if we could, uh, Mike. Uh, Why are people so angry on the road? I think that
1: that's uh, a difficult question for me to answer directly. Um, I don't know that I can say for sure why people are angry, um, but I do think that I can speak towards uh, maybe our ability to control our behavior, our recognition of our behavior. And even speaking with you and the Trooper, um, you know, it's clear that maybe a lot of us are uh, at fault for engaging in road rage type of behavior, even if we don't see it in the, in that way. For instance, if somebody pulls a firearm, I mean, I think that they realize that maybe they've engaged in some road rage behavior if they think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even smaller incidents is things like, you know, you're saying uh, waving at another driver, um, cutting somebody off, something like that, like smaller behaviors, you might actually be perpetrating some of these types of road rage aggressive behaviors. Mm-hmm. So I think, on the one hand, it's it's probably really important for us as drivers to try to be introspective and to take a second to look into our own behavior to see if we might be actually engaging in some of these things, even if they're small. And I think the importance of that is that this can escalate. So one person does a small aggressive behavior, which then escalates to somebody else engaging in even a bigger, sort of a more aggressive behavior. Um, I think it's also important, and maybe this is changing gears a little bit, is to recognize that, that first and foremost, behavior is a choice. So every behavior that we've just talked about is not something that's reflexive, it's not something that we don't have control over. We make an active choice to engage in every behavior that we just talked about. And I think that sometimes we talk about behavior in terms of this was caused by Mm -hmm. the feeling of anger or an aggressive urge or something like that. I think it's really important to differentiate that our behavior that we engage in is entirely choice-based. The emotions that we experience if we're feeling angry, if we're feeling anxious or frustrated, those aren't necessarily controllable experiences. I can't tell you to stop feeling angry but I can tell you not to engage in a certain behavior. And we have choice over those distinctions. And so I think first and foremost, recognizing that maybe we're potentially perpetrating some of these smaller aggressive behaviors, but that also we have entirely sort of a choice about how we engage in those.
0: You know, that makes so much sense because a lot of folks will say that, that, you know, I just got so angry. Mm -hmm. and And so are there, mechanisms? Is there something we can do? I mean, we've all heard count to three mm. that, you know, sure. <laughs> things sure. you can do to count to, to, 10. Bring, to count count ten to bring yeah. it down, but um, a lot of people will say that they, they just had no control in it. I just, sure. you know, I don't know why I did that.
1: And, and and the short answer is it may have felt as if they didn't have control, but any behavior that we engage in, I mean, with the exception of maybe a reflexive behavior where if some, you know, the the, the patella yes or something like that like but aside from those like every behavior we engage in is choice based and so it might feel as if sometimes we don't have control over that behavior but in reality we do and i think that some of the factors that play into sort of that that pushing of a certain behavior Mm -hmm. uh when i think of of those factors that might be relevant are emotional experiences so things like anger aggression frustration anxiety um the physiological sensations that come with that, so increased heart rate, um, tensing of muscles, those types of experiences, but then also the thoughts that we're having. So the thoughts of something like, I can't believe they just did that, uh, potentially aggressive related thoughts and things like that. I don't necessarily think that we have direct control over our emotions and the thoughts that we have. And so again, it's not about necessarily stopping the feeling of frustration when you're on the road. I mean, I think things are going to happen and we're going to experience frustration and anger when we're on the road. The distinction for me, though, is recognizing those experiences and then recognizing that we have choice in the behavior that we engage in once we experience some of those sensations. You know, somebody cuts you off, you might have an aggressive thought. Nobody's gone to jail ever, in my opinion, and I don't know, you can answer this, for having an aggressive thought. It's when we choose to act on that aggressive thought that it becomes problematic. And so, for me, it's recognizing when you're experiencing those emotions, those thoughts, those physical sensations that might push us towards
0: engaging in a behavior that might be aggressive or problematic. And that's where we have the control that you're talking yes. about. Yes, and that's our chance to to deescalate or, or whatever the term.
1: Yes. so for me, uh, it's it's not about necessarily um, stopping those emotional experiences, mm-hmm. those thoughts we're having but increasing our awareness of those experiences. And we can do this intentionally. So for instance, I can on purpose, you know, check into what kind of emotional experiences I'm having right now. Mm -hmm. um, Anxiety, frustration, anger, something like that. And the more recognition that we have of those experiences, it provides additional space between the emotional experience and then that behavior that we engage in. And I think a lot of times when we're not aware of those emotional experiences, The behavior and the emotion are so close together that they feel as if, for instance, I have no control over this behavior. This emotion just pushed me into that behavior. And in reality, they do. I think the distinction is that they just haven't recognized that emotional experience, the thoughts related to that, the physical sensations long enough to allow them to that space to then make a a choice behavior.
0: You know, Trooper Gossin brought up a point earlier about uh, COVID. Um, Nineteen and us, uh, everyone being uh, on lockdown, if you will, mm-hmm. for such a long period of time. And so that um, ugly head of uh, feeling of control, uh, of controlling your life, um, how big a role um, do you think that may have in, in, in some of the things that we're seeing now?
1: I think that going back to that ability to recognize the space between the emotional experience and the behavior, I think it's easier if we're feeling pretty good, if things are going well for us, mm-hmm. if everything's easy, it's easier to to have space and make, make a, a more informed choice about the behavior we engage in. But if we're frustrated from lots of other things that might not be related, to driving, maybe we're just generally upset, we've been staying at home a lot, we haven't engaged in things that are maybe meaningful and enjoyable, and we're just more distressed, then I think it makes it more difficult to then be aware of those experiences and engage in that sort of distancing between the emotions and the behavior that we choose. Um, So I don't necessarily think, again, that it causes us to, to engage in a certain behavior. We always have choice in that behavior, but I think it makes it a little bit more difficult I mean, and then you can think of this in, 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 in just everyday life. If you're not sleeping well, if you've been eating poorly, maybe you're more likely to say something rude to a friend of yours or something like that. It doesn't mean that not sleeping well or being frustrated caused you to do it. It just maybe made it a little bit more difficult for you to manage that behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about managing your behavior and the root cause of things, um, it, it still uh, brings me into the thinking, um, and this may sound very simplistic, but I'm from a small town, Mm -hmm. I was taught to mind my manners, I was taught to treat everyone well, and do I get angry? Absolutely. But this is where what you said is so poignant because I choose to control that. Mm
2: -hmm. And you were were raised that way, right? And I was raised that way. How many times do we see kids that are not raised that way they don't have that structure at home. Mm-hmm. They don't have the that parental figure guiding them and showing them right or wrong. They're raising themselves. And I, honestly, I think you know, as a as a former school teacher, I taught for 15 years in the public school system prior to my law enforcement career. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw that start kind of degrading as these kids grew up. You know, as mm-hmm. as the kids got older, we had more kids that were raised by kids themselves. So. I think it's a, it's a, it stems from a bigger problem as far as for just overall respect for humanity, period, in general, and, 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 and authority and the rule of law.
0: Let me ask you about this. How about the, because um, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say this, but I really don't like uh, reality shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they make a lot of money for a lot of people, yeah. but I find that we are glorifying to some extent the worst behavior yeah. in adults Mm-hmm. Because it's not just young people who are in these types of shows. You have grown adults acting like two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And the, the more dramatic it is, the more viewers they have, the more um, sponsors they have, more advertisement, more money for them. But we're showing our young people, and so many of mm-hmm. young people uh, are watching these shows because that's the thing to do, and it's Correct. great, and that's funny, and it's, but it's really not right. funny at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's influencing a lot of that behavior. And
1: I think I think what you're what you're talking about is um, reinforcement of the types of behaviors that mm-hmm. we engage in. Mm-hmm. And so, if I engage in a behavior and it works out well for me, or maybe it doesn't come with some some severe problem. So maybe I cut somebody off, and in that moment, I feel a little bit of that frustration is relieved. Like I feel good because mm-hmm. I I did something to sort of address that that difficult emotion wow. that I'm experiencing, even though. The aggressive behavior wasn't necessarily, you know, consistent with like maybe what I would like to be doing, or you know, maybe uh, this kind of engagement in an effective sort of societal you know, mm-hmm. driving and minding the road and things like that. In that moment, it feels good haven't done that because I have this kind of reduction of that stress that that frustration that anger I've kind of done something about it and unfortunately even though it's problematic driving wise I'm actually more likely to then do that type of behavior or that Mm -hmm. pattern of behavior Mm -hmm. in the future because of that sort of reinforcement of the reduction of that frustration in the moment even though long term it's maybe more problematic like it it kind of addresses I feel frustrated or angry Mm -hmm. I do this thing I feel less angry I feel less frustrated and then I'm more likely to do that in the future. Wow, it worked and so I'm gonna do it again. At least it worked uh, in that for situation. me to make me feel a little bit better yeah. in this moment. It might not have worked effectively for driving mm-hmm.
0: and, it, and it certainly can lend itself to problems. As, as is is what brings about. that on, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so gentlemen, we're kind of wrapping things up here and our final thoughts and just what we want to to leave um, our viewers with mm-hmm. in terms of um Saving lives, potentially mm-hmm. saving lives in the future, and we'll we'll start with you, Trooper Gosson. Uh, what would you say to our viewers as we go forward? Um, I know personally. I have. I practiced um, just trying to get away from the situation mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, but sometimes the situation literally presents itself Correct. right in front of you. Um, thankfully, we were safe. But sometimes right. that's not the case.
2: Correct. In and, and look, this is a difficult question as well because there is no right or wrong answer because every situation is going to lend itself to a possible different outcome, but depending on what's going on, while you do want to try to disengage, mm-hmm. um, you still need to, you know, what if that person does stop and boxes you off and now is a, approaching your vehicle. So you do have rights as far as for defending yourself as well, uh, you know, in, in this area, you know, a lot of people have guns with them, you know, but the, the scary part of that is, you know, be trained, know how to use it, understand the law and your rights because at some point while you might be defending yourself that you you could turn the tables and become the aggressor in the situation not even understanding that and we were talking about that earlier whereas you know if mike gets up and punches me and i fall down and then he walks out the room and i go find him and i'll punch him back people might say well that's one for one no at the point where he left i was no longer in danger when I started pursuing him, now I became the aggressor. Same thing in the car. If that person cuts you off and did something to you, and now you want to pull on the side of them and let you know, let them know how you feel, mm-hmm. at that point you are the aggressor. At that point, so you kind of have to. That's when it goes back to kind of letting things go. You know, letting that is things an go.
0: Excellent, excellent point. And, and I think you're so right. I think so many people really don't understand mm-hmm. how the how quickly. that role can change and you then become the aggressor. And it
2: doesn't necessarily have to be in the situation of of driving, it could be in any situation, period.
0: Right,
1: you're absolutely right. So I I think along those lines, um, as we were talking about, um, I think that most of us would not consider ourselves as somebody who might act aggressively or engage Mm -hmm. in road rage. You know, but as we're talking, it's very easy for somebody to do something small that would certainly constitute road mm-hmm. rage, and how this mm-hmm. might then escalate with another driver who might retaliate, and before you know it, you might have this escalated um, event. Um, so I think the the take home for me is to be more aware of our own sort of role in some of these types of experiences. Um, I'm not saying that everybody's engaging in road rage, but I imagine that people who do engage in road rage don't necessarily think that they do or see themselves from that, that perspective. So I think there's, there's a you know take home of maybe taking a, a little bit of time to kind of be self-aware and recognize maybe your role in these things. Um, and then I think additionally, it's, it's recognizing again how with each of these experiences, there is no such thing as this kind of forced behavior or something that you don't have control over, the experience of a difficult emotion is one thing, but then the decision to act on that is, is something else. And so I think making sure that we're self-aware enough to also recognize those experiences.
2: Mike talked about behavior and, and things and a lot of people times we don't see the wrong that we do. We we see it in other people. We might complain about somebody texting and driving as you are hanging up your phone from a text. You know, we, we, we're, sometimes we're all guilty of that behavior. Mm-hmm. While doing the research, kind of preparing for this stuff, I came across a quiz, and it says, you know, many of us are guilty of this behavior, and, and really ask yourself these questions. Do you regularly drive over the speed limit or try to beat the red lights because you're in a hurry? That's an aggressive driving behavior, and I think we're all guilty of some of that sometimes. Yes. Do you tailgate or flash your lights as the drivers in front of you that you believe is going too slow? Uh, I see that a lot as well, right? That would be one do wow. you honk your horn often, you know? I'll be honest, I, I regularly honk my horn in my private vehicle when I'm driving by Chick-fil-A and people are stopped on the roadway, right? <laughs> right? I mean, we all get angry at this stuff, but I mean, but you know, bringing that to an, that level, it could potentially become a problem, right? You do that to the, to, the, to the wrong person, you know? And do you ever use obscene gestures, otherwise communicate angrily at the other driver? If you're doing these things, you're contributing to this problem.
0: Wow. I didn't know we were going to have a test, and I think I failed.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I think
1: we all do. <laughs> I mean,
0: we're all guilty of mm-hmm. everything you said. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So
1: it's all something
0: right. to think about. It definitely is.
1: And I mean, I think, and then to just echo that, that mm-hmm. point, um, that that it's these smaller incidences that very likely sort of you know, grow into a larger incidence. It's very likely that any instance of road rage, and I know your example earlier on, there was a mistake that happened, but it was something maybe potentially that kind of one thing led to another. And I Mm -hmm. think the more and more that we can become self-aware of our our role in potentially, you know, contributing to these, again, not not saying that everybody's contributing to them, but I think that might help de-escalate some of these incidences
0: absolutely and of course one incident that i did uh i failed to mention uh was it's the recent i think it happened a month or two months ago in california with a young Mm -hmm. six-year-old mother driving him to kindergarten eight o'clock in the morning a driver cut her off so the mom shot the guy shot the bird and he just pulled out a gun and fired into the vehicle didn't strike the mom unfortunately the little boy was struck and and so a mother had to sit on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and hold her child while he died because you can't control your anger.
2: Correct. And, and look, when we look at it from a driving standpoint, some of the mm-hmm. questions are, you know, do you frequently drive and use your phone while you're driving? You know, that takes that a lot of people off. We get a lot of phone calls about that to us that people are texting and driving. It just sets something off with people because people understand that that's against the law. You're ch- that person is actively choosing to break the law, you know, and, and sometimes they take it personal. Mm-hmm. Do you keep your high beams on whenever you cross in traffic? You know, that's become a big, issue with the squatted trucks now that are blinding everybody right, right, right. so so it is a, is it, it is an issue do you switch lanes without turning your turn signal on it's just those little things like that and that contributes to that and even her you know did she check her blind spots before she even switched right. lanes not justifying it by any means Absolutely. but i'm just saying there's a lot of people who don't necessarily adjust those mirrors properly they won't necessarily take a glance or take a glance over their shoulder and they'll just Cut somebody off and not even know they cut, it or cut somebody off right so you know our driving behaviors contributed a lot to that as well
0: absolutely agreed you gentlemen have brought uh, uh definitely perspective for i feel our viewers to look at and, and we can all look uh within and just do our best uh so that everyone does remain safe and that we do respect the rules of the road mm-hmm. and not only that our our friends brothers and sisters we're sharing the roadways with yeah thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast and we have been speaking with trooper gosson thomas godson of state police and mike mcdermott of the ul lafayette At Go Auto, we know car insurance can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Go Auto helps you save more money on car insurance. Call 888-566-5505 to get your free quote. So how do we do it? Well, that's easy. We have no commission agents, no expensive add-ons, low down payments. You can customize your payment plan and you choose your payment date. We've lowered rates in your area. So call 888-566-5505. Go online at GoAutoInsurance.com. Come by or you can download our app to get your free quote and start saving today.
1: Ten talks at Kadena. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A NextStar Media production.